The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy Unearthed Tips and Tricks. I am your awesome and legendary host, Justin Hamlin. I'm your host, Ian. Giggity, giggity, giggity. I'm your co-host, Brandon. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we hope to inspire you with creative content for you to bring with your table tonight. Yeah, that's right. Today's monster variant is the champion of arms. No, he doesn't have more than two. It's because of his six arms? Is that what it is? No. No. Uh, so uh, to build this, we're going to start with the uh, origin stat block of the Hill Giant. We're going to get rid of his great club and uh, replace it with a great axe. And his rock just becomes a sling, right? So we're not changing too much rock. there. We are going to increase his <laughs> intelligence to 11, though, because Hill Giants are dumb as fuck. So what ability we're going to give this to really shine, to give it that champion of arms feel, we're going to give it the thrill of battle. What does this do, you ask? Well, yeah, when a creature within 60 feet of the champion dies, the champion gains 12 temporary hit dice, has advantage on all attack rolls, skill checks, and ability checks, and saving throws. Until until its next turn. Yeah. Now, there's Uh, more. We're also going to give it battle experience three times a day as a reaction as a reaction this bad boy the champion uh when the champion or the creature it can see makes an attack roll a saving throw or an ability check ah um it can use its reaction to force the target to roll a d4 and subtract that number uh from the number rolled yeah what do you guys think this will definitely screw around with the party quite a bit. And then we'll encourage the DM to actually kill. <laughs> well, yes. Well, number one, right? Taking out the NPCs. But this, I think, works best when it's in a group. Yeah. And the one of the one of its allies are weak, and it just removes the head to bathe in the thirst of battle. Because you know. Can you imagine that? One person's fighting this thing, and every time one of the other guys kills a character... It, it it just bellows in glory and excitement and the thrill of battle. Yeah. What do you guys think? It sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> That's what I think. Well, good thing it is one day before Halloween is of this recording, so. Yeah. <laughs> would you guys use something like this, and how would you get the most out of it? Like you said, give, give it some minions. I definitely think that's necessary. And this was this was 100% inspired by the stupid... Uh, is it the hobgoblin or the gob- goblin chief that grabs grabs its enemies or its allies and uses them as meat shields? So yeah. I was like, oh, there's got to be a better way to do that. Uh, yeah, it's quick and dirty, and apparently Ian was very excited that it was only one slide. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our there's... monster variant, the champion of arms. Our encounter for this podcast. Hot delivery. Uh, the characters are hired by Singe and Azir. If you don't know, those are basically flaming dwarves. Oh, and not that. like flaming, like 
on fire, right? Yep. And uh, he took a life of baking, right? And sales. He went away from forging weapons for war and becoming a cook. His life goal is to make the world's perfect grilled cheese. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like what's the name of the uh, His particular Tomato love food. of cooking thrust him into the world of creation. Because that's kind of what the Azure does, right? They make weapons and stuff. But specifically of hot stoves. He found himself unique a unique customer, one that contacted him from the frigid plains, right? Now, for obvious reasons, he can't deliver the stuff because he'll probably die because, you know, he's made of, like, partial fire and stuff. So he needs a group of adventurers to deliver this hot stove. The problem is his secret to his heated stoves is he traps magma methods inside of them, and they are constantly trying to escape. So not only do the party adventurers have to carry this thing, all the while the little bastards inside are trying to get out. And if they do get out, you got to chase them and put them back because then you're delivering a stove that's not hot. Yep. What do you guys think? Hot delivery. Well, hot damn. <laughs> do you think this would be a fun adventure? Yeah, it could be. What would you what do you guys think about this if you were the players in something like this? I mean, <laughs> you gotta make them annoying. <laughs> like just pounding on the thing to get out, right? Yep. Shut up. Right. <laughs> Squeeze a little, uh, bl- little blast of cool in the air in there. You gotta be careful because it can get a little too hot to handle. Because that's the thing, right? If they do get free, you can't just kill them. Nope. You have to capture them. How are you gonna catch a fiery, flaming elemental? Tongs. Oh. <laughs> Tongs. <laughs> What about you, Ian? <laughs> no, this is a good good delivery with a few complications, so yeah. Yeah, I really like it. Um, that'll do it for our encounter. Hot delivery. Hot damn. What did you say, right? Where are your oven mitts this time? Hot damn. All right, Ian, why don't you tell us about our magic item? Our magic item today is the chromatic blade. It can be any sword. It's uncommon, and it requires attunement by a spellcaster. The sword has four charges, and while you hold it, when you cast a spell that deals damage, you can use your reaction to change the spell's damage type from the from the, from the list. The sword regains 1d4 plus 1 next minute charges at dawn, and if you take the last charge, uh, uh, and you roll d20, and on a 1, the sword bursts with a rainbow of light and turns into mist, and it's destroyed. Oh, what? You like that? Yes. That's very cool, isn't it? Yeah. The chromatic blade. It's not. It's not. I'm gonna stick plead the fifth and say it is 100% not based off of the chromatic orb spell at all. This <laughs> is the idea of dropping a fireball and turning it into acid. Yes. Well, that's, that's something like that's that. kind of short, right? Yeah. Like nothing about the tip. I read. I watched earlier today of um, multi class into a just storm a storm storm cleric, be a Ugh. scribe wizard that that can change uh, any spell into any damage type at once, and Part any t- tempest cleric can basically make a <coughs> spell that does lightning damage, max damage. So if you turn fireball into well lightning ball. <laughs> oh, that is awesome! <laughs> it's sexy as hell. Time to die. Um, yeah, I think this is a pretty straightforward magic item. I think it's fun, and I think it gives a little Ooh. bit of uh of that you know arcane feel to it, right? Because oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the more annoying things is that some spells are, you know, you can't do much with it. What was just the class you said you can change the elemental? Is that the scribe? 
described, yeah, described, described. Yeah. So I, I actually had forgotten completely about that. So I that's. Too, don't watch that video today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that'll do it for our magic item, the chromatic blade. Now I chose blade. I mean, you can make it anything. Just I know blade is something that mo- a dagger is something most spellcasters can use. So, yep. um, all right, that'll do it for our magic item. Our dungeon master tip is. Give the players what they want as much as you can. This is from Dicebreaker. I was reading an article because part of my job is staying informed by all the good writers out there of what to talk about. So sometimes it's not just about letting players uh, have agency um, and letting them make decisions in the world you're building. Sometimes you want to use, uh, you need to listen to what they're aiming for and help them kind of reach that point for their, uh, their own success or their character success. If you find yourself, you know, getting annoyed that your players are always going off and doing something different, you might not be telling the kind of stories that they're interested in. And this is a, a word, this is words of wisdom to DMs that get upset that players are going the wrong way. Cause I used to be that person. Sometimes as a DM, if your players aren't having fun, it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> we've, when we've said that more than once, you know, yep. uh, Brandon, there is a pillow of pillar of smoke in the east through the forest. You can see it bellowing over. What are you guys going to do? I'm going to head east. Aw. Thank you. <laughs> we bring this example up every time. Because I am so like, you know what? I'm gonna, about it. I'm just going to go where he wants. Was that, that actually happened, and I was like, oh my god like i was so frustrated by it i realize now i shouldn't have been and you know that hindsight's twenty twenty. but yep. i've learned since then and we want to pass that knowledge on to you if they're not always listening to you maybe that's not what they're interested in and that's okay yeah, yeah. or just one point two where one game i was in like two like a city we just we just arrived at basically had two massive factions break out the open warfare in the streets and be like we leave like what? You're leaving? But they're fighting. Yeah, yeah. we don't know them. We have no stake in that fight. fight. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done here, bitches. No, grab grab some fruit on the way out. It's like, it's like my we, garbages. It's like we have no reason to fight. You never. <laughs> we have no attachment here. Yeah. But but you guys want to have more combat? Your children well, are there. Yeah, but you need to tie it. I don't mind when my players do that because I've learned to improv with it, and it makes it work. What I hate is when you have an entire party and one person decides to go. I'm going that way. It's like, okay, they get mugged and dead. Roll a new character, or their character gets distracted and offered a job, and they go take it. Roll me a new character. I didn't think about that one. That's a good idea. Because that's something I've tried killing the characters based on dice rolls, trying to make it fair, and the dice don't want me to. Well, and it's not about that too. If the if the character wants to do something (laughs) else because that's their motive, that's fine. Like this, I first stumbled across this when we did Law of the Lands, which is a really good episode, um, where it talks about imprisonment of characters. Like, what do you? How do you do that? It's simple. You did something illegal. The guards come. They're stronger than you because there's a thousand of them. You're in prison. Your character's in prison for six years. Get bring a new character. Simple as that. Yeah. Now I'm flashing back to one time where I joined the game and I made it very clear as part of my backstory. I was very, very wanted in one city. Mm-hmm. The game starts. We start in this city. Me, why the crap am I here? <laughs> yeah, because you're wanted. I think uh, that's another one we touched on a couple times because yep. the DM wasn't doing his due diligence. Right. So, and I think that that's a really good example of that. So, but yeah, um, <coughs> if that happens, that's a just f them. Yeah. Find them for something else to do. Say, hey, uh, a good example. I'll give you one. Uh, 
I had a player who was had the uh the the faction that was part of the Harpers, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. they wanted to go look up Harper stuff. I said, "Great. Um, you meet this person." I did like two minutes of dialogue and sent him off on a quest. Then I turned him and says, "Grab one of your other characters. They're gonna hire you. You're gonna go with them now." He said, "Okay." He wasn't expecting that, but I was just like, "This is what you want to do. I'm sending your character to do that." Yep. Move on. Got to be a team player. All right. That'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. Give the players what they want. As much as they want. As much as they want. Or as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. That word. All right. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't be a dick! And you can avoid dickitude by using the Unseen Fortress. Yeah. This (sighs) is fun and evil and... What? Your DMs will hate you. Tell them blame Crit Academy. So, for this, you will need to be able to cast Rope Trick. Okay? Yep. Step one. You also need the Find Familiar spell. (laughs) Step two. The Rope Trick spell allows the caster, no concentration required, that's important, to create an extra dimensional space, right, at the end of the rope that rises into the area. Now, the caster can climb inside, can climb inside uh, the space... And it lasts one hour, right? Yep. <laughs> Stick with me. I know this is long. Now, since anyone can climb up the rope, you climb up the rope with your party, you pull the rope in, and the enemy can't reach you. But you can still see outside the doorway, yep. right? So you can see everything that's going on. Now, here's where it gets interesting. When you're ready to attack, you climb. You drop the rope and climb down. Do an attack, climb right back up, and have your familiar pull the rope back into the portal. And it's as simple as that. Now, I know what you're thinking. Familiars die so easily. How will, you know, stop them from, you know, dying while they're pulling up the thing? You could even use them now to send touch attacks to the enemies and or allies for healing spells. Yep. Imagine the healer being up in this portal and watching the battle and using his familiar to uh, pass cure wounds onto all of his allies, keeping them up indefinitely or blessing them. Because once you cast it, you don't have to maintain line of sight. Yep. Now, if you're worried about your familiar dying, you can cast blink on them. You can cast mirror image on them. Blur. Blur a lot of different ways to keep them alive longer. All the while, you're safe. You're basically uh, a flying a drone at that point, right? Yeah. Where you're in a remote distance and the thing's doing all the work for you. What do you guys think? Okay. Brandon's brain looks like he's about I, to I, just I feel, explode. I feel we covered this. Or, or instead of using road trick, you can cast. You can just sit down, cross your legs. Cast my image, look the rocket barrel or bush where you're sitting. I know I definitely seen this on uh, TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And when I scroll scroll past it, it's like, oh, I'll watch this. And at the end, I was like, you fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I've talked about this before, but I don't think that I fully understood the use of the familiar in the past. Yeah, because the the jumping in and out is the easy part, right? That's yep. common sense. The familiar, though. And using it to deliver attacks without ever opening the portal? That's new. Yep. Does Tensor's floating disc have HP? Yeah, I don't know. I can pretend to know that. Use, use that to hover out of your forces. Let's go back in. I like it because uh, I had a uh, uh, 
a merchant who just had one of those and he carried everything on it. They just follow him around. <sighs> Look at that guy's magic shop. It's floating. Yeah, he used, he learned mag- that magical spell just for that purpose. <laughs> he got tired of pushing wagons and all of his horses and donkeys kept dying. Horses are expensive. You may know him. His name's Awaka. 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 Final Fantasy X? Yeah. All right. Oh. That'll do it for our player <laughs> tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be, be a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude <laughs> by being a dick with Unseen Fortress. All right. That'll do it for our show today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed yourselves. If you enjoyed the show, please head on over to CritAcademy.com. Buy something. Share it. Um, follow us on social media. Share our content. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Ring that bell so you get notified when we go live. Or leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the show on. That'll do it for your, our show. I am Justin, your host with the most. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Our encounter for this podcast. Put some emotion behind it. Not all. You can get all sultry on us. What kind of emotion should it be? Is this sexy? No. Oh my no. god, is it sexy? No. I can make it sexy. No. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make it sexy. Ah! <laughs>